You are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast, and this is a special bonus series called The Comedy Chronicles. My name is Holly Shaw, and I always wanted to try stand-up comedy, and so I finally did. Come with me on my journey into the world of open mics and dirty jokes from the perspective of a performance coach and also just an everyday woman looking for an outlet to mouth off and speak her mind. Hey there, this is Holly Shaw coming at you from Oakland, California, the hills of Oakland, California. And uh, yeah, this episode, we're going to be talking about vulnerability and comedy because, you know, on the first glance, it looks very vulnerable to stand up and do comedy, right? Because you're standing up there, you're sharing sometimes embarrassing things, or you're telling jokes, or just the act of standing in front of people is very vulnerable. Uh, but I, I just got like super nerdy about it lately. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about that, about vulnerability, the different layers. Like, are you really, are right, am I, are you, am I really being vulnerable? Are you really being vulnerable? What does that even look like? What does that mean? And how to do it in a way that your audience can laugh at you? I just think this topic's very fascinating because I've been experiencing the different levels of that firsthand lately. Because sometimes I stand up on that stage and I'm just like, I can't believe I'm telling these people things about my genitals right now. (sighs) I have moments that are very scary and so exciting. It's a thrill. I love it. I love talking about my genitals, apparently, because uh, a lot of my comedy revolves around that lately. Seems to be what I want to talk about on stage. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> Do you know how crazy you start to sound when you're talking to yourself into a microphone, no one in the room with you, and you just start cackling at your own jokes. You have this, you get a glimpse of yourself like, am I, (laughs) am I crazy? No, I'm not. I'm just, uh, I'm just imagining that you're here with me right now. And you are because time does not exist. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about vulnerability. I'm also going to be sharing with you about my first ever uh, gig in a comedy club. So I've done, you know, showcases in other places, pizza parlors, restaurants, community centers, bars. But this is my first actual comedy club, like a building created and named and for the very purpose of having com- comedians come through it. So, you know, you stand on a stage where Robin Williams once stood, you start to feel like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. I'm pretty, this is exciting. It's a very exciting moment. So anyway, this and more, I may even share, yes, I'm going to share a little clip of my my comedy, my recent comedy in this episode of the Comedy Chronicles. So lately what I'm being reminded of is how much performance is a measurement, is like a barometer of where you are in life. In this moment, in this very moment, how do you feel about yourself? How do you, what are you carrying with you? What's present in your mind and your subconscious mind? 
doing stand-up comedy or any type of performance, really, it shows you exactly where you are, right? Because you can't get up and expect an audience to give you a different energy than whatever you're in. They can, I suppose, but that's going to take a powerful energy. Once they put their attention on you, they're going to start syncing up with you. You're, they're going to, you're going to give them energy. They're going to give it back to you. And this, this is scary, right? Because you find out, oh, your fears and the response from the audience, the audience will often play upon those very fears that you think are hidden, that you think nobody sees. And they'll, they will very clearly point them out for you. And you'll find that if you're super interested in your work and what you're saying and what you're talking about, they'll probably be super interested. They tend to match your level of interest. And if you are a little bored by yourself, if you're not really present to what you're talking about, yeah, well, that's matched by them too. And sometimes that can be hella painful. And on a good night, the good nights that I have, it's like your my fun, my gratitude, my playfulness is totally matched by uh, the other comics in the room, the audience members. There's like this soup I've talked about before that we're all swimming in, we're making together. But sometimes you're struggling to connect with the audience and you're struggling to connect with yourself and maybe you care a little bit too much and that can be really painful. And, uh, and I think a huge piece of it, you know, as a performance coach, who's worked with award-winning actors and composers and musicians and dancers, it's like, I know how destructive it is when you are afraid of being vulnerable. Like if you are afraid of taking an emotional risk, if you are afraid of putting yourself out there, it's destructive because Ultimately, you can go up there and you can do it. You can do that and it'll land. People may let chuckle. But what is performance? What is creativity without vulnerability, without risk taking? I'll tell you what it is. It's mediocrity. It's polite applause. And so you got to do it. You got to be vulnerable. You got to you got to put yourself out there to some degree. Like, what are you revealing? I think what makes comedy so interesting is it plays with that tension of risk and vulnerability and being, but being okay enough with it that the audience feels allowed to laugh at it. They feel okay enough. They feel like you're okay. Even though you're being vulnerable, you're okay. You're not up there having an ultimate breakdown. You're okay enough that they aren't worried about you, that they feel invited in to laugh with you, to see themselves in you and to laugh with you. And uh, and I'm talking about this. Lately, I have been, uh, what I did, I, I listened to, or I watched uh, The Call to Courage, Brene Brown's Netflix special. Oh my God, if you haven't seen it, Go watch that. And the, I mean, the basic premise is, you know, even when you fail, uh, you know that at least you dared greatly. 
when you are vulnerable, when you share these parts of yourself. And it really made me, it really hit home for me. It made me think about comedians that I love and realize that like, there are comedians that aren't that vulnerable, that are, that kind of hide behind their shtick or their clever jokes. I mean, let's for one thing, let's be real. We all hide behind our shtick a little bit to some degree. Okay, even vulnerability can become a shtick. But that's like another topic for another day. But we all hide to some degree. But but you know, you'll see comedians, I'm thinking of um, John Mulaney. And I know he's, he's great. Like I, I watch him and I'm like, wow, he's masterful. Um, he's clever. But I, I feel like, you know, he hides a little bit behind his, his, the way his comedian's voice and his, um, and his cleverness. And I think cleverness is great, but it can also be a sort of way to hide. I feel like, and this is, this is totally my preference, right? This is totally my preference. Some people love that. That's all they want to watch all day long is clever jokes and puns. And that's their thing. That's great. I just realized that I prefer vulnerability. I want to know, I want to see a little bit. I want the person on stage to be taking a risk, you know, and whether that means they're revealing a lot of themselves, like I'm thinking of comedians, Mark Marin, Maria Bram, Maria Bamford, um, or whether they're just talking about things that are really vulnerable, like, like sort of like crass, you know, like um, Amy Schumer, or Ali Wong or Dave Chappelle. Uh, Dave Chappelle is very masterful at at being vulnerable, I think. And um, that is just so much more attractive to me. And I'm realizing that's the kind of artist that I want to be. But and you have to, I have to, you have to, we all have to, if that's the route that we want to take, if that's the route that we decide, that's the path we want to go down. It's like, you better be sure that that the things that you're being vulnerable about, you can be take that emotional risk and also be prepared for the audience to totally reject you in it and kind of own that story anyway. And uh, there was a, a open mic I went to recently where I, oh, I watched the tape after. I'm, I'm always filming myself. Nowadays, I'm just like, I'm filming everything because I never know if it's going to be good or bad, but I always learn something. And I, and I was like, why did that bomb so badly? I watched it back and I could see, it's like, I can see it's plain as day. Like I'm wearing a coat of aiming to please. Like I just could feel myself forcing it. Uh, and instead of inviting people to come along with me, I was just, I was just begging them kind of, and, uh, (laughs) but you know, like that's part of the journey is like figuring that out. And some nights that's the energy that you're just in. That's the energy that you're bringing. And, um, so that was interesting to, to, um, as I'm sort of feeling out the delicate little nuances of being vulnerable on stage and what works, what doesn't, how to talk about touchy things and reveal touchy things in a way that people can feel like they can laugh at. It's been great. Yep. So in other news, I did my first show at a comedy club at Tommy T's. 
um, recently, last week. It was so great, guys. Oh, I just uh, just love, you know, some of these comedians that I've been working with lately. Sugar um, and Mike Jones and James McCoy is such a sweetheart of a producer. And uh, it was just a fun, all the other artists that were there, it was just so fun working with them. I love working with the same people, you know, maybe not all the time, but you, you end up doing a few shows with this or that person and you see their stuff again and again. And here's what's fun is when everybody's kind of open and supportive of each other, then you'll have people saying, Oh, Holly, I noticed that you added to, you added to that. And I, I like that. Or, you know, I've noticed this has gotten better. And I just feel like we, you know, people, I, we don't give each other, most of the people I don't know, don't give each other like critical feedback, like you need to work on this. But I, there's something great about just acknowledging the work that we have done in each other. And feeling supported in that way, um, so that you know you're you're being witnessed. Your improvement, your work is being witnessed, and I get to witness other people too. And uh, it's a real delight. It's a real joy. So that's been going on. And um, Tommy T's was great. There's this bit I've been doing since day one. Uh, I just call it "fuck for groceries." So derive from that whatever you will. But um, (laughs) in it, I talk about, well, you know, I talk about this secret desire that I think most women have of, um, it's like we know that our, we know that our sex is valuable. It's the oldest profession in the world, right? Um, It's not socially acceptable to be a prostitute. I respect sex workers that are the ones that um, I feel like I have to add so many disclaimers to the to even tell you about this joke, but it's worth it because I do respect sex workers that choose that line of path for themselves. Um, but also there's such a huge stigma around it, right? There's there's uh, such a huge stigma around that. And then there's also the added problem of there's a huge industry of human trafficking. Um, that's a real big big issue, right? So this joke is touchy for me because I'm very passionate about the human trafficking issue. Um, and yet, I do think that that so many women secretly wish, wow, I wish I could just trade this valuable thing I have for goods and services. You know, I just wish I could cash in on it somehow. And so the joke plays off of that. I've been doing it for a while. Sometimes I drop it and I don't do it. I picked it back up again recently and I wrote more stuff on it. Uh, Had so much fun sort of taking the story to the next level, Um, taking it to multiple stores, um, you know, seeing what I what I could do by expanding that. And it went great. It went great. Um, I think the writing's good. I think I need to work on the delivery of it. Anytime, you know, you break out something new with that, you just don't know where people are going to laugh. So I think at Tommy T's, when I was breaking out the new part of the story, I think I didn't pause as much as I could have to let the audience sort of laugh and come with me. So it, at some point, I just kind of was like, I don't know if they're liking it or not. And I'm going to hop on a train and just go full speed ahead. <clears throat> and I just, you know, kind of plowed through the end of the story. 
um, to get to the end where I do pause more, but like the dialogue part, but I sort of, you know, went full speed ahead at some point. I think I lost people. I mean, they were sort of, you know, they were kind of with me, but I could, you can feel when people are like right there in the story with you. And then when they're kind of like, eh, I'm half listening. Um, so that's going to take some work. That's going to take some work. And what's tricky about that is it's like a 10-minute bit. Like it takes 10 minutes to really do that entire bit well because it's so developed. It's got so many pieces that link together, and I have to do the first part to make it make sense at the end. So now I'm, I'm, I'm set with this problem of like how do I practice some of this stuff at open mics where I only give five minutes? So I don't know. I don't know how comedians are supposed to practice all that. Um, you just, I guess you got to do it in shows and showcases. So that was Tommy T's. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I want to wish a happy belated Mother's Day to any of those comedians out there that are moms. I mean, where can you find better material than your crazy kids? It's like the funniest thing ever. Uh, I haven't really started talking about my kid too much, but um, in my comedy, he's a teenager. I think he'd rather me leave him out of it. Also, he's always begging me to share my my stuff with him. <laughs> I know what you're th- it's wildly inappropriate to share some of these things with your 16-year-old son, but he thinks it's really funny. Um, but if I was telling jokes about him, he he wouldn't like that so much. So, but happy belated Mother's Day to those comedian moms. Because it's not easy. I was at a mic just the other day. I finally was like, okay, I have a little time. It actually works out today. So I went to a mic in San Francisco, which means if you're from the Bay Area, you know this, but it means driving across the bridge, driving across the bridge, paying a toll, finding parking, walking to the club. I had to wait in line behind all these bros that didn't even think to let me sign up first to get a spot at 11th. And I showed up on time. I showed up, you know, the minute that you were allowed allowed to get there for this open mic, and I still got an 11th spot. These are like four or five minute spots. I sit down, I order like a drink. And at this point, I'm not a big, you know, I'm not trying to to get drunk. I just want to have something nice. I got like a $14 nice shot of mezcal, delicious. And I just sat down. The show just started and my son called me. Oh, mom. I don't need to go in that. He's going through all this stuff, needed me. I go, I step outside. I'm trying to talk him down for, you know, 10 minutes. And then I'm like, this is not, this is not, I got to go home. I got to go home. So I had to leave my drink there or maybe I drank it all. I'll let you decide what I did with that $14 shot of mezcal. But anyway, I, (laughs) I had to... I had to leave my before my set was up. So all for naught, I had to go back across the bridge to be with my son and rub his feet and talk to him because that's what he needed. And I feel like if you're a mom and you're an artist, you totally get this. Because like the thing is, is I wasn't even mad. I was a little bit like, ugh, 
I can't believe I went to all the trouble and now this. But that's about how I felt about it. I just that's just the way it is when you're a mom and you're trying to be an artist. You're pretty devoted. There's a lot of times I'm focused on my art. I'm focused on my craft. I'm working and I'm like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to cook dinner. I'm sorry. Well, I usually cook dinner, but I'm sorry, you're going to have to take care of this or that. And I just, I'm like, dude, I got my, my stuff. That's really important. But when your kid really needs you, every parent, every mom knows what that line is inside themselves where they're like, okay, my kid needs me. My kid comes first. So it's, it's a struggle, people. It's a struggle. Happy Mother's Day. You fucking deserve a gold medal. All right. That's everything. That's everything maybe until September. I don't know. I'm probably going to be going to L.A. this summer on a speaking tour again. So I'll definitely try to let you all know about that. But in the meantime, have a great life creating art, being you as much as possible, being vulnerable, doing your work, putting your head down, doing the work. Don't look around to see who's doing what. Who cares? It's not about them. It's about you and your work. Keep doing it. You're awesome. And thank you for listening to the Comedy Chronicles. Thank you for listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast. Thank you, Dan Cantrell. My name is Holly Shaw. I just wish that it was like one more way to pay, you know, like,